<laughs> well, as you know, today is Palm Sunday, and we've got an incredible week ahead of us as we focus on the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people just don't get it. They hear the story about Jesus dying for the sins of the world, but they have never had a revelation, a real understanding of what that means. And so I'm going to try and make it reasonably clear for you today. But on next Sunday, we're going to talk about the resurrection, which is really the key to Christianity. Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then he's just like any other person. But because he did conquer death, we also who believe in him, that he took the punishment for our sin, can live forever when this life ends. You know, a thing that really amazes me about the Bible is that there's all this prophecy in the Old Testament that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And also in the Old Testament, there are incidents, there are events that happened that were what we call a type of something that was going to happen in the future. And I want to start off by telling you a story that some of you will have heard of, but some of you won't, of what happened to King David, to his son, when David was going to uh, hand over the kingdom to one of his sons. So I want to tell you the story because that story was repeated in the life of Jesus. And the story is found in 1 Kings chapter 1. So King David was Israel's greatest king, but he was getting old and he was very close to death. He'd already chosen his son Solomon to be his successor to the throne. But David had another son called Adonijah, and Adonijah wanted to be the king. And so he got some of his other brothers and some of the key officials in the town to help make him the new king. He organized a great parade through the streets of Jerusalem. Fifty men ran in front of his chariot. And here he was in his chariot being pulled through the streets by a large stallion. And as he went through the city of Jerusalem, he proclaimed himself as the new king of Israel. Then they had a big party to celebrate his inauguration as king of Israel. Now when King David heard about what had happened, he sent for Solomon's mother Bathsheba. And he said to her in 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 29 and 30, he said, I promise you by the living Lord who has rescued me from my troubles that today I will keep the promise I made to you in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, that your son Solomon will succeed me as king. Then David ordered all his leaders... Uh, and his friends and the leaders of the city to organize a second parade. And his son, Prince Solomon, was to ride through the city of David 
on David's personal donkey. This was to be a sign that Solomon was King David's choice as the next king. The true heir of David didn't ride in a mighty chariot, but he rode through the town on a humble donkey. And as Solomon rode through the streets, the people celebrated joyfully. They blew trumpets and flutes, and they shouted so loudly that all of the walls and buildings shook. Then Adonijah heard the noise, and he was terrified. And so he handed the throne of Israel over to Solomon. Imagine how Jesus felt as his days on earth drew to a close. While on earth he had only done what God his Father had told him to do. And in Mark 10 verse 45 it tells us, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. King Jesus did not come in a great display of power and might. He didn't wear a crown. He came to rescue everyday common people like you and like me. Jesus was the Passover lamb. And it's important that you understand what that's all about. The Jews used to be slaves in Israel, but God wanted to free uh, in Egypt. But God wanted to free them from slavery in Egypt, and so there were all these plagues in Egypt to convince the people of Egypt and Pharaoh that God was on the side of the Jews. And so there were all these plagues. And they said, look, if you don't let them go, there'll be another plague. And then finally they said, if you don't let the Israelites go, the oldest child in every family will die when the angel of death passes over the city. But the Israeli people, God said to them, if you kill a lamb, and you put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your home, when that angel of death passes over the city, your children will be spared. And so that happened. And all the Jewish children were spared, but the Egyptian first child in each house died as this angel came over the land. And from that point on, there was a celebration called the Passover in Israel to celebrate God's deliverance from Egypt and from death when these children whose homes had the blood on the door survived. And so in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, it tells us that the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Egypt. He said, this month is to be the first month of the year for you. Give these instructions to the whole community of Israel. On the tenth day of the month, each man must choose either a lamb or a young goat for his household. So on the tenth day of the month of Nisan, they were to sprinkle this blood on the door. And that would protect their home from the angel of death. 
Now, the interesting thing is that Palm Sunday coincided with the Passover. That was the 10th of the month of Nisan. That was the day way back, all those years ago, they had killed the lamb that was going to save the lives of children in the family. And in, Je in, in Jesus' time, on that day, the high priest would choose a sacrificial lamb that he would sacrifice in the temple for the sins of the people. But he would go outside of the city to select that lamb. And then he would carry it into the city via the eastern gate. Thousands of people lined the road from the eastern gate to the temple wanting to see the high priest bring that sacrificial lamb to the temple for the Passover. But instead of seeing the high priest with the sacrificial lamb, the people saw Jesus accompanied by his disciples riding on a donkey, a small, humble Nervous animal. Imagine Jesus' feet almost dragging along the ground as he rode that small donkey. The crowd had heard his teaching and seen his miracles, and they broke out into shouts of praise to God. They cried out in Matthew 21 verse 9, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you know that word Hosanna means please save. And so as Jesus enters Jerusalem, there are thousands of people crying out, please save, please save. And so just as the blood of the Passover lamb saved thousands of lives during the death plague in Egypt, so the blood of Jesus saved thousands of lives, um, millions of people from eternal punishment. Thousands of people publicly embraced Jesus as the son of David and the king of Israel. So Jesus was declaring to the Jews and the world that he was the Passover lamb. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Remember when John baptized Jesus he looked at Jesus and he said, the Son of God that takes away the sin of the world. From birth, Jesus had been designated to be this Passover lamb. And so, uh, sorry, I've lost my place here. <laughs> so, here are all these people. And Jesus is coming into town on this donkey. And the people laid their coats and their garments on the road for the donkey to walk over. It was as though they were rolling out the red carpet for Jesus of Nazareth. And Matthew reports that all the city was moved by the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ. And Luke 19 verses 39 and 40 says... Then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, command your disciples to be quiet. And Jesus answered, 
I tell you that if they kept quiet, the stones would cry out. Jesus deserved every bit of praise he could get, especially what, in terms of what was going to happen to him at the end of the week. So here's all the people responding pos positively to Jesus. How would you have responded to Jesus if you were there on that occasion? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Are you giving him the praise and the glory for what he's done in your life? Have you responded properly to his triumphant entry into your life? Don't make the mistake of rejecting Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Don't let the King pass by without properly responding to him. You can pay for your own sins in hell or receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ who died on the cross to take the punishment for your sins and my sins. In Mark chapter 11 verses 15 to 19 it tells us that then Jesus went into the temple and he began to drive out the people. No one in the temple was there to welcome him. If Jesus walked into our church this morning, would we recognize and welcome him? So Jesus began to throw out all those who were buying and selling in the temple. He also drove out the sheep and the oxen and poured out the money of the money changers. Instead of praying, worshipping, and offering sacrifices, the priests in that day were extorting money from the people. The people who'd come to tithe or to buy animals for a sacrifice. The house of worship was being defiled by greedy people. This Jesus who'd overturned the tables in the temple then threw the people out of the temple. And he's the same Jesus who just before had been humbly riding through the city on a donkey. Jesus did all this in front of those people who would eventually arrest him and put him on trial. The mission and purpose of the church today is prayer, evangelism and discipleship. When we accept Jesus into our lives, our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, Don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? If Jesus walked into the temple of your heart today, what would he find? Would he find a heart full of lying and deceit? A heart full of anger and bitterness? A heart of greed and nastiness? A heart that is far away from him? What would he find? Jesus was very aware of all the prophecies being fulfilled in him. The book of Isaiah was one of those scrolls that were found in the Dead Sea. It was written 700 years before Jesus came to earth. And it contains this 
graphic prophecy of what was going to happen to Jesus. Let's read it. Isaiah 53, verses 6 to 9. It says, All of us were like sheep that were lost, each of us going his own way. Now that probably describes a lot of people here today. But the Lord made the punishment fall on him, the punishment all of us deserved. He was treated harshly, but endured it humbly. He never said a word, like a lamb about to be slaughtered, like a sheep about to be sheared. He never said a word. He was arrested and sentenced and led off to die, and no one cared about his fate. He was put to death for the sins of our people. He was placed in a grave with those who are evil. He was buried with the rich, even though he had never committed a crime or told a lie. Isn't it incredible that that was written 700 years before Jesus died? And there are over 60 Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah, all of which are fulfilled in Jesus. There's things about his ancestry, who would be his family line, where he was born, how he would be betrayed, and for how much, how he would die, how his bones would remain unbroken, how the soldiers would cast lots for his clothing. There's even a prophecy about him coming into town on a donkey. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 says, Rejoice, rejoice, people of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus was eventually brought before that high priest who was supposed to sacrifice the lamb, a man called Caiaphas. He held the position of high priest, but he was really a fake because he had no connection with God. And in Hebrews 7 verse 28, it tells us that the law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made perfect, the perfect high priest forever. You know, that um, temple, after Jesus died, there was an earthquake. And this big curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, where only God could go, was torn from top to bottom. It was about as thick as my hand. And the petition between God and man was removed. And Jesus became the high priest. And the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, into our lives, when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ. And you know, that temple was never used again after that, after Jesus died. And the Romans came and ultimately that temple was demolished, and there's a, a mosque on the site of it today. So Jesus remained quiet while he was falsely accused by Caiaphas, the high, high priest. 
And there were lots of false witnesses who contradicted each other. And they failed to bring any convincing evidence. And then Caiaphas, the high priest, got frustrated and angry. And he shouted at Jesus in Matthew 26, verse 63. He said, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus could not deny the truth of who he was, even if it condemned him to death. Jesus was the Son of God, the living God and the truth. He had come to reveal his father's plan of salvation by being offered up as the spotless lamb of God. And in Matthew 26, verse 64, Jesus answered. He said, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the son of man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. At that point, the trial reached fever pitch. They said that Jesus had made himself God and he was condemned to death for blasphemy. Yet what Jesus said was true and all creation had witnessed that over the 33 years of his life as he had done many miraculous things. And so Caiaphas a proud, foolish person was so spiritually blind that he could not see and believe in Jesus. He doubted, even though the God of the universe was standing there right in front of him. Then they spat in Jesus' face. They blindfolded him. They plucked out his beard. They slapped him. They mocked him. They taunted him to prophesy as to who it was that hit him when they blindfolded him. Jesus was found guilty and condemned to death by the Jews. But the Jews were unwilling to do the de evil deed themselves and they handed him over to the Romans, the Roman executioners, and thereby fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus would die by hanging on a tree, which was a Roman form of execution. The Jews also knew that in Deuteronomy it, it said, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And they wanted to put a curse on their Saviour. So Jesus was the perfect fulfilment of the coming Messiah. But the priests and religious leaders could not see the scriptures unfolding before them. It seems unbelievable to us 2,000 years later that the religious leaders couldn't see who Jesus really was. Throughout the church age, we've had the illumination and revelation of the Holy Spirit. But many of us had a, a special time in our lives when we had a revelation of who Jesus really was. When someone shared about Jesus and told us the truth of his love and his life. And God opened our eyes to see that truth. There may be people here this morning who finally get it. 
when you look at the big picture, when you look at the miracles, when you look at the prophecies, it all fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. Philippians 2 verses 10 to 11 tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, one day every king, president, prime minister and leader who has ever ruled on earth will get down on their knees and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. So where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? God says in Jeremiah 29 verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If you endeavor to find out the truth and you want to read all the prophecies and the books and understand the Bible, you will come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. God has a plan for each of our lives, but we may choose to walk away from him. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So we have a choice. We can believe and obey the words of Jesus. We can meditate on what he suffered, what he went through, so that we could have life. Don't be ashamed to own Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Don't allow your pride and selfish ambition to get in the way of a wonderful relationship with him. Let's pray. Father, as we come into this Easter week, Lord, give us a revelation of who you are, of what it cost you to fulfill God's justice. Lord, we talk about how God is a God of love and a good God, but we know that you are also a God of justice. And Jesus took the punishment that we deserved so that we could be reconciled and brought back into a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that this morning that you will remove the veil from people's eyes, the blindfold that stops them from seeing clearly who you are, Give them a revelation of who you are and draw them to yourself. And Lord, if we have wandered away from you, bring us back to that point where we embrace you afresh and we say, Lord, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to yield and I'm going to fulfill the plan you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen.